Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of Unlimited Opinions. I'm Adam Bishop. I'm Mark Bishop. We are, of course, reading Jake Jackson's Myths and Legends, and this time we're covering The Wanderings of Odysseus and his homecoming to Ithaca, the second part of what we talked about last time about the journeys of Odysseus. This is a pretty short reading, so it should be a pretty short episode, but it was very interesting, I thought. I'm having a serious case of deja vu. Yeah, it's almost like we just recorded that intro. <laughs> okay. Almost almost word for word. <laughs> word for word. You're very talented in being able to say the exact same words in the exact same order. Thank you. For about a 20 second. 20 second. Right off the top of I don't your know. Head. I feel like I've been doing it for like almost 60 episodes now. Mm, yes. Mm. You know, I, was, I asked off camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get that can is still as big as your head you, you cannot comment on that every time i try to take a arizona iced tea grape aid grape aid which has got to be like 32 ounce can they, that's like the largest can i've ever seen without a handle on it 23 fluid ounces <laughs> it's a two by four yeah uh most <clears throat> anyway what were you saying oh yeah i was wondering who is listening to this podcast all kinds of people because you you get some sort of report on mm-hmm. like uh, who's listening. I well, I can see the downloads for each episode. So if somebody goes and downloads an episode on any platform, I can see basically like their rough location, you know, country and you know yeah. sort of region. Um, but I don't know who actually oh, listens yes. to it. Right? Yes, yeah. it doesn't identify the. the oh yeah, no, it doesn't. Right, right. It doesn't. But I don't know. I know who downloads. I know roughly how many people download, but I don't know how many people actually listen. Oh, is there a, a difference? Yeah, there's a difference because you can just like hit play on any platform oh. and just play it. That's you know a stream, but I don't know you know that. I just know when they specifically download it to their device. And it's my understanding we're like Pitbull. We're worldwide. We do have worldwide Pitbull. We do have listeners from from various parts of the world. Yes. Yeah. All right, sorry to, to go down no, that that's, uh, discussion that's topic, right. but I was kind of interested to know who is interested in this. Yes. Well, you know, if you are interested in this, you can let us know Ooh. and tweet at us yes. at ULMTD Opinions on Twitter. Now, have we talked about, I know we've talked about mm-hmm. the contest, the, t- the second t-shirt contest. Yes, we did mention the t-shirt, I think last episode or maybe and the episode have, before. Do we reveal what you have to do? Mm-hmm. We, did. Okay. we did. So it's not a secret. It's not a secret. That all they have to do is make a disparaging comment yes. towards the podcast. If you, if you want to win Twitter. a free Unlimited Opinions t-shirt, you can just insult us on Twitter. And, and we, we will give you, we yes. will ship you a t-shirt. But of course, that requires you to insult us and then give us your address. Yes, <laughs> which is, involves a certain amount of trust. Yes, exactly. Or they, I mean, I see you always use a PO box. Or that's something. true. That's true. You're yes. scared of us. Yes. Time to to get into the the actual the actual episode content here. Yes. And so we start off, of course, with Odysseus coming back to Ithaca. He wakes up on the shores of Ithaca. Of course, in the last episode, we talked about all his journeys and how he was gone for 10 years after already being in Troy for 10 years, fighting the war. And so like journey- ha- over half that time, he's just like mm-hmm. hanging out with some chicks. Yes, you know, yes. But- Particularly Calypso. He stayed with Calypso for seven years, right. and he battles all sorts of monsters. And so he finally ends up on the shores of Ithaca, and he wakes up on the beach in a heavy mist, and a shepherd came to him asking why he'd come to these shores. And Odysseus told a fantastic, untrue story, and the shepherd then revealed herself to be Athena, and she was impressed with Odysseus's craftiness. She told him that she had hidden his form and helped him to hide his treasures, for Ithaca was not the same as when he left. For many suitors were coming to Penelope, Odysseus' wife, and she was running out of time to keep rejecting them. The suitors <laughs> Ten had, years, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. The suitors well, I'm going to be working on this loom, this thing, 
for my father-in-law. And once that's done, I'll pick one of yes. these. And then every you know, she works on it for hours every day, and then at night mm-hmm. she tears it apart. Yes, I will describe that. They are so stupid. <laughs> It's we haven't even gotten to that part yet. I'm still I'm, telling I'm the there. story. You're, you're, you're skipping ahead. We're, no, it's not skipping ahead. Okay. It's been happening. Yes, sure. And, and these people must be the dumbest suitors in the, in the history of the world. But I guess it doesn't really matter because they're just sponging off her for 10 mm-hmm. years. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, she's having feasts at her expense for all mm-hmm. these people that are living in her house. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So as I was saying, the suitors had taken up residence in the palace of Odysseus, taking all that was his. And so Telemachus, Odysseus' son, had gone out to look for news of his father. He came to old Nestor, who knew everything about Troy, but he knew nothing of Odysseus. And Telemachus then traveled to Sparta, where Helen welcomed him, but she had little news. Menelaus then came to Telemachus, telling him that he had heard news of Odysseus from the minions of Poseidon. And Telemachus was overjoyed to hear that Odysseus was alive and was now determined to remove the suitors and save his mother. In Ithaca, Penelope had told the suitors that she must complete work on a cloth, before she would consider marrying any of them. And so she would weave in front of the suitors by day, and then would unravel all of her work at night. I'm having another deja vu. I think that I've heard this before. Oh my God, I'm just... <laughs> yes, okay. Yes, as you described, and they were growing very suspicious. Yeah. And so Odysseus Wait, had... Wait, is there something wrong with your loom? <sighs> Let me look at that thing. Oh my God. And you'd think you'd notice that it's like the same thing being loomed. You would think, you would think. Or I guess she's doing a different pattern each day, but... But every day, the next day, mm-hmm. there's been no progress. I guess she wouldn't unravel all of it. Yeah, I guess because so. I guess that's why she'd be running out of time. Because I guess eventually she'd be nearing completion because she'd unravel, I guess, seventy five percent of her day's work. Yeah. So to at least rem- make like she had some progress. It reminds me of that uh, line from one of the best movies ever made, Blazing Saddles. I thought you were for sure going to say Roadhouse. That is one of the best movies, but I'll, man, I'll try to fade into a reference to that. But no one. Uh, Oh, what's his name? He plays the sheriff. He 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 rescues himself through a bizarre turn of events, and he and he kind of hugs himself. And he says, "You are so good, and they are so stupid." <laughs> <laughs> She's probably doing that every night. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> come on, ten years. <laughs> and then I guess she eventually said she was ill, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah. When she re- feels better, she will mm-hmm. pick, and then it's going to be on the... Have we gotten to that point where the, she's got to pick on the Feast of Apollo? Not yet. That is much later. Well, it's really happening now. Okay. It, it's mentioned in the book yes. later, but go yes. ahead. Yes. We'll okay. have a third episode of Deja Vu. <laughs> so Odysseus had then come to the cottage of the swineherd Eumaeus, telling him that he had heard news of Odysseus, and Eumaeus was overjoyed and went to the palace to get more wine for his visitor. Telemachus was then led to the cottage by Athena by cover of darkness, for the suitors were plotting to kill him. Did you mention that he is disguised as a beggar? Yes, he is. I don't know if I mentioned that. Thank yeah. you for pointing that out. But he is. That's why the shepherd doesn't yes. know it's him. And he's yes. like, oh, it's so great. He's, he's going to be coming here soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you, crazed beggar, Yes, for, for telling me that. And then he fed him. And, he, and I like the, the description of figures that all these bums in the in, in the palace or whatever mm-hmm. it is, get get all this food for free. He might as well give this kind of beggar the same amount of food. Yeah, exactly. Slaughtered hog and all that. Mm-hmm. And so Odysseus then had a tearful reunion with his son coming to the cottage. They then made plans to restore Ithaca to its former glory with Odysseus and Telemachus at the helm. And so that's where the kind of the first part of this story, this sort of setup for what's about to happen, kind of ends. Uh, and then we move into the battle for Ithaca. 
And so Telemachus slipped away in the middle of the night, and Odysseus came to the palace the next day, still in disguise as a beggar looking for work. Mm-hmm. Autonous, the leader of the suitors, had made them all a very comfortable life using the servants and goods that belonged to Odysseus. And his request for alms was met with a barrage of rotten fruit and beatings. So Odysseus literally comes to them asking if he can Please. just work for them, and they just absolutely beat him. Alms is... for the poor. I'll give you alms. I'll give you two alms. My left arm and my right arm. Bam, bam! That's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible joke. Oh, well, my that's God. That's what they were doing. That is true. That and is what they were to doing. contain his rage. Yes. To, to plan mm-hmm. how he's going to get these people mm-hmm. all out of his house. Yeah. And uh, anyway, go ahead. Yes. And so then the local beggar, Iris, who was in the palace already begging. A young, healthy guy that is just loafing about, and that's mm-hmm. why he's a beggar, as opposed to... Odysseus, who's disguised as an old beggar, mm-hmm. which is like the modern day um, youth of today, I, uh, you know, that, that just lay about. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. And so Eris then challenged Odysseus to a duel uh, upon their, over their begging competition, and Odysseus then killed Eris with a single stroke of his sword, surprising Ba-bam. all of the suitors. Yeah, all, all the suitors are like, yes, let's watch these guys fight. And mm-hmm. then Odysseus, whack, oops. <laughs> I guess that wasn't as entertaining. Yes, I guess not. So the suitors then suspected him to be a rival for Penelope, kicking him out and beating him again. When news of this reached Penelope, she wished to meet with him, thinking him to be a god in disguise, and they agreed to meet later in the evening. Meanwhile, Odysseus and Telemachus removed the armor and weapons of the suitors from the great hall, giving them to village boys to carry away. Later, meeting by candlelight, Odysseus then told Penelope a false tale of his travels, and she told him the next day was the Feast of Apollo, and she was to pick a husband, and she wept with Odysseus comforting her. Thankful, hey, f- baby. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I, I, I don't know what to say. So thankful for his aid, she then sent Odysseus to the nurse Eur- Eurycleia to bathe his legs. And Eurycleia had been his childhood nurse, and as she bathed his legs, she recognized a familiar scar, and she cried out, but Odysseus demanded that she tell no one his identity. The next day, the suitors demanded she, uh, Penelope make a decision, and Telemachus begrudgingly agreed, and so Penelope declared a competition would take place. Whoever could string Odysseus's bow and shoot an arrow through the rings of t- a row of twelve axes would win Penelope. All the suitors failed to even bend the bow, but as soon as it came to Odysseus, he wired it deftly, firing an arrow straight through the axes. The room went silent, and Odysseus then shot an arrow clear through Antinous's neck. Damn. And the suitors attempted to attack with only the small daggers they had left, for all their armor and weapons had been carried away. And Odysseus and Telemachus stood together, killing suitor after suitor. Now, I'm going to interrupt you here. Yes. With a reference to Roadhouse. Of course. Because Dalton, Mm -hmm. the protagonist in there, uh, was conflicted about uh, violence because he had, uh, in a previous fight, killed a man by ripping out his throat with his bare hand. Ah. So it's kind of similar to this, but that uh, Odysseus shot an arrow into the bad guy's throat. That was such a forced connection. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And then the well, I don't want to. I don't want to give away what happens with the ultimate fight between you know the, the hired ninja guy for the bad mm-hmm. guy and Dalton, but it has to do something with the throat. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> And so after a while, Odysseus and Telemachus tired, and so Athena then flew across them as a sparrow, giving them strength, and soon all the suitors were killed. 
They then scourged the palace, killing all who had welcomed the suitors, and Odysseus finally greeted his wife, with Laertes, his father, coming to the palace soon after. Well, wait a second. You skipped what I thought was the most interesting part of this whole thing. Oh, well, go ahead. They didn't just they didn't just get rid of all the the maids that were laying down with these men and, and the servants that helped these guys. They beheaded all of them mm-hmm. and burnt them in a fire that was seen for many miles. I thought that was a pretty interesting... Yes, that is a pretty interesting detail. I'm, I'm sorry that I did yes. not mention that. Yeah, why would you pass that over? Yes. They had a different sense of justice back in the day. Yeah, yeah, uh, they really did. You know, I mean, because it, it would have been a huge mess to clean up. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, don't, I don't know uh, how many suitors there were, but it seemed like there was a number of them. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine the amount of blood that they'd have to clean up after this? And because it's all in his, like, his living room, essentially. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it just, it just the thought of that just would tire me out, just thinking about how much you'd have to clean. It's kind of gross because, you know, Body parts and stuff, because first it's arrows and then mm-hmm. swords. So you got to figure there's some beheadings, and then they behead all these people. They probably did that in a more sterile environment. I guess probably took them out back and chopped off their heads and then put them in a pile. Lovely. Yes. But I mean, the practical of it. You know, yeah. Interesting. I, don't know. I thought it was. You were looking at me like you're completely bored with that. Stuff. I'm not. I wasn't bored. That was very okay. interesting. All right, all right, fine. And so Laertes came to the palace, his madness cured by the news of his son's return. Several more skirmishes followed, but in time, all of Ithaca was Odysseus's. It's kind of the last line of this story, then says, All agree that Odysseus was beloved by his subjects, the tales of his journey becoming the food for legends which spread around the world. And so, it's kind of an interesting ending, I think, you know, kind of following all these, these trials and tribulations, and he kind of sits around for seven years and finally returns after ten years. And it's not like he just comes back and it's a joyful reunion right. he has a whole lot of work to do right. you know, all these suitors just waiting in his house yeah. kills all of them kills all of the people who helped them yes. and then fights more battles to claim the rest of what used to be his territory right. it's just he he really does not have an easy time of it right in that respect it's like all of these stories i mean i know it's it's a myth and, and all that and of course the gods are involved but they all have a certain sense of uh, a grain of reality mm-hmm. you know it's, it's not like um he gets home and everything's okay yeah you know he gets home and, and there has to be a practical consequence for him being gone for mm-hmm. 10 years okay what what happened to his wife <clears throat> well she was completely loyal to him the whole time but she had to you know deal with all these suitors his mm-hmm. dad's crazy yeah you know lost his mind because he he thought he was dead mm-hmm. or whatever his mom also died and, oh yeah his mm-hmm. mom died in the interim but she he saw but uh, then uh you know his son's you know, doesn't even know the guy because mm-hmm. he's been gone for ten years, but he still went to go to go find him. So he wasn't home when he got there. And all these stories are kind of like kind of gritty in the sense that it's not it's not just an easy or a quick victory. It's not a complete. None of them are complete victories. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a cost to be paid. Yeah. And and he he and his family paid a terrible cost. So it's not like, well, you know, he was the smartest and best, so he just conquered everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real draw for a lot of this is that it, it seems. Even though they're fantastical stories, there's some reality to it that, you know, if you, if you do go off to war, even if you're a great warrior and a great man, a great leader, and you're very successful, there are there are costs associated with that. You know, there's some some friends and all his people died. Mm-hmm. You know, and through all his his travails on the way home, but mm-hmm. and and of course the the myths tend to have uh, higher moral costs. Like if you if you do something 
foolish or greedy or to offend the gods or the social structure, you yeah. know, the, the values at the time, then, then there's really going to be a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, these stories are just kind of like pretty high stakes morality mm-hmm. tales. And I think what's really interesting, we kind of mentioned this more like in the stories of the Trojan War, but every character is really human. Yeah. Like there's no 100% good hero, right? right? Everybody really has pretty awful flaws that right. come up time and time again. So it's not like you just have one dude, I'm the best. You know, usually if you say that you're the best, you get killed or eaten or whatever in these stories. And, you know, it's really interesting that there's really no one person to root for, Mm. right? You really don't want to be 100% behind everybody. You don't 100% support every decision they make. You know, they're flawed, which is very, very interesting. Yeah, because, you know, all humans are flawed. Yeah. And so so I think that's why these are, are still... Uh, good stories to to learn and, mm-hmm. and why there's still an interest in them. Yeah. They're like foundational type stories about you know, morality plays or whatever you want to call them. It's just kind of interesting. You yeah. know, you kind, of, kind of some of it's unexpected, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, I would not have expected him just to behead all of the staff. No. Yeah, I was I was very surprised by that. I was like, but then again, all right, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't have made that mistake because <laughs> that's really... Most most of the reason why Penelope had suffered for so mm-hmm. long because the staff weren't loyal to him. Yeah, they they should have kicked these suitors out and said, "You're mm-hmm. gonna stay here. We're not gonna serve you. Yeah, get out." Exactly. They didn't, so yeah. it kind of made the problem even worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. And what do you think about the the Greek stories so far? They're good. They're not done yet. All right. Is what, uh, what is it? Um, do you like them better than the other ones we've done? We had what, what have we had? We've had we've African, had African, Celtic, yeah. Chinese, Chinese. I think is that it? Yeah, that's it. I think so yeah. I like I like the Chinese mm-hmm. ones pretty good too. I like the Celtic stories. Those are really interesting to me. Yeah, really. I mean, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good, but uh, the African ones are too. Maybe I don't. I, I just feel like they were kind of glossed over. Yeah, you know, in the mm-hmm. book, I kind of feel like there's got to be better stories. Yeah. But well, the the stories told in the African section were more of fables. I think they weren't right. necessarily like mythological epics or right. great heroic stories. They're more so fables. Right. Which are good in their own right, but True. but different. Yeah, I don't find them as compelling, though. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, there's still more Greek mythology to come. Yes. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts next time is what yeah. we'll be talking about. You ever about. see the movie Jason and the Argonauts? I, the the, the like... really old one with like the stop motion yes. Cyclops or Cyclops or skeletons or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of yeah. different stuff. I there's haven't a, seen it. But... There's a mechanical owl. I remember that. Huh. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it was just on TV the other day. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You should see it. You mm. should watch it. It's very sure. entertaining. I'm trying to think of a way to tie Lord of the Rings into this, and I just can't. can't well, we a... just we'll let our our listeners know that we just finished the what's the third movie? Return the of the King. The Return of the King. Mm-hmm. That long saga, Frodo. Yes. Say we watched it again last night. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Lord of the Rings, I was uh, a guest on a podcast. Uh, the other day. You put in a plug-in for somebody else's podcast? Well, I'm on it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Cross-marketing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> As, uh, I was interviewed by Richard Emerson of the Renaissance podcast. Uh, he's doing a series on uh, people's favorite books, just general either content creators or just interesting people and sort of... So I'd take it Lord of the Rings? Yes, Lord favorite. of the Rings was, was the, the book I discussed for, for over 20 minutes. Uh, I'm surprised he let me talk that long mm-hmm. about Lord of the Rings. It was a good episode, so I highly recommend all of our multitude of listener uh, yes. to check it out. I don't know what my favorite book is. Really? I don't know if I have one. Hmm. I have one that I, you know, like like as I read books, I have one that I say, oh, that was pretty, that was the best one I've had in a while, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite book. Really? 
But you definitely, that's the Lord of the well, Rings. Well, I don't know. Because I was telling him, like, before we started recording, like, it's hard to narrow down. I mean, there's The Hobbit, there's Lord of the Rings, there's right. The Silmarillion, like a million other Tolkien books. Right. Um, you know, but I, I, think, I think I went with Lord of the Rings that time. Right. There's a possibility, you know, we'll talk about the others at some point, but... Well, what, what would be a book that would be better than that? Well, better and favorite are two different things. Because something can be the best without being your favorite. Why isn't it your favorite if it's the best? That's just stupid. Well, I don't know. Well, I think The Lord of the Rings is, is one of the best books. Right. Well, yes. how can it not be your favorite? I can, I, can you have a favorite that's not the best? I, I guess so. you have a sentimental attachment. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, there's like... Well, what, what would be like your favorite like comedy movie? Is there's like a really because st- like chances are it's probably a really stupid movie, like you know, you know what I mean? Like it's like the movies that you enjoy probably aren't like the best directed or the best you know acting, but they might be your favorite movies. Oh yeah, but I would consider them the best. Oh, well maybe that's just a you thing. Really? Yeah, because well because they might not be the technical best. They might oh. be your favorite. You might prefer them over oh, yeah. others, but it may not be it. technically okay. the best. Yeah, I, I get that. That makes that makes sense. But yes. but I would consider them the best. I wouldn't say they're my favorite if they're mm. not the best. Mm. Like my 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 repeated assertion is that Roadhouse mm-hmm. is the best bad movie ever made. It's a bad movie. It's yeah. it's it, the the lines are clunky and it's <laughs> See, that's that's what yeah. I'm saying because it's but not. It, but it's I wouldn't say it's a best movie. but yeah. it's the best bad movie. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I think my number two best bad movie is Kung Fu Hustle. That is a good movie. I really like so that movie. Funny. Yes, that's a and great I, movie. I need to watch that again. Um, and I don't know where that came from. I mean, when I saw we saw it. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, just there was just a random yeah. on TV, and it's just so funny. It's so weird. It's a great movie. Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. But I, I think, if I think something is, the, is my favorite, I think that's my, I think that's the best. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to give some thought to that. Interesting. But I guess it's similar to like if you have a favorite player mm-hmm. or an artist, they may not be the best. Yeah. Uh, at that skill, but they're your favorite. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, which one is is Lord of the Rings both the best and the favorite of yours? I, I can't pick. That's the thing. So, what do you mean you can't pick? You just ran a pick. podcast and you said Lord of the Rings is your favorite. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites. Well, what would be the rival? Oh, the Silmarillion or the really? Hobbit? Yeah, really? Silmarillion's great. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, you've never read it. I know, but and you probably never will. <laughs> I will never. Read it, no. Oh, it's really good. I have like three copies over there. Are the words different? What, what is that? Why would you have three copies of the same book? Oh, uh, well, one of them is illustrated. Oh, one of them. Oh, let's think. One of them was like the the cheap copy that I first got. Maybe I just have two. Okay, I think I just have so two. You just actually. have one that's like illustrator. There's a yeah. different kind of mm-hmm. version of it. Yeah. but the words are all yes. The, same. the words are the same. The story is the same. I thought you meant just like the Silmarillion itself. I was so confused. What you were asking? Are the words different? What do you What do you mean? Well, yeah. what are they What are they different why would, from? Why would you have two of the same book? Uh, Unless you're going to yes. share one with a friend. Right. Well, there you go. Yes, <laughs> I will not. I will not need it. It's a shame. Really. Great, great books. Great, great author. Mm. Yes, that's completely complete tangent. We went yes. on for several All minutes right. here. Very good. Yes, but I've been Adam Bishop. I am still Mark, and this was the Unlimited Opinions podcast. Excellent.
It's a pretty quick episode, 23 minutes. Thank you for yes. keeping track. And you will read the Silmarillion at some I will point. Never yes, you will. Know.